Awesome. So, for a lot of people, school starts soon. Very soon. Matter of fact, maybe even this week for some. And so I want you to do me a favor. If you are here today and you work in any capacity for a school, I want you to stand up. So if you are a custod- in custodial work, if you're a cafeteria person, if you're in an administrative area, administration maybe, if you're a teacher, coach, social work, you drive a bus, you make copies, you are a para, um, you're a facility in facility maintenance, maybe you're an IT guy, okay, so stand up, all right, so just look around you, is that everyone? Yeah, I know you drive a bus, Mike, we talked about that, he's, a, he's got a ministry, uh, when the kids get in the bus every single time, he's got a ministry to those kids, to keep them safe, obviously, but also to be a good role model for them. All right, so these people serve in schools. And so it, it, is, a, it is a calling <laughs> to do what they do. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Um, I, if you are close to this person, just going to do this quick. I want a few people to gather around each individual person, and we're going to pray for them, okay? As school, you're going to say, start. So wherever you're at, just somebody gather around the person standing up, all right? Participatory worship right here. Right, I'm not going to make you come up on the stage or anything like that, but just gather around them right now. Do, do a couple things. When you get to them, somebody be a spokesperson in the group. Ask them what their name is, okay? Ask them what their name is. You might already know it, but not everybody will know it. So ask them what their name is. Ask them where do they work and what they do, what they do there, okay? And then... And then ask them a question, this last question, how can we pray for you right now? And you give them like at least one thing, one solid thing that you say, I need prayer in this particular area right now. Okay, and go and pray. And then finish up. And then if you... If you're the person that was being prayed for, if you have your phone with you or someone around you has a phone, I want you to take out your phone and I want you to turn on the flashlight if you have a flashlight on your phone. Or if you don't have a flashlight, just turn your, just put, turn your phone on where the screen is bright. So, so stand up if you were the person getting prayed for. Sorry, stand up again and get out your phone and turn the flashlight on. Okay? You got it? Why don't you look around? These people are more than just teachers, custodians, IT people, whatever it is that they do. They are bearers of light in a dark place. Now, for every one of you that stood up to pray for them, do the same thing. Stand up, take out your phones. You don't have to go back to where they're at. Just stand up where you're at. And turn on your phone if you have it. You are a bearer of light. You just just did it just a moment ago. You shine light by going and praying. Okay? Now, if you are a college student... And you're getting ready to go off to college. You might already have some that's already gone. I know a few of my kids are gone. 
But if you're a college student getting ready to start classes or already started classes, stand up and turn on your phone. Okay? You are a bearer of light in a dark place. And you know what? Even if you go to a Christian college, they still need your light there. I guarantee it. Now, if you're a high schooler, high school student, stand up. Turn on your, turn on your light. If you have your phone with you, if you don't have one, which I'd be a surprise if you don't have one. Um, you know, we couldn't have done this 10 years ago, right? 20 years ago. This wouldn't have worked. We would have had to give out candles. Um, what about middle school? Your middle school students in the room. Bearers of light in a dark place. Okay? Now, the rest of you, if you have your phone with you, stand up and turn on your light. All of us can pierce the darkness by shining your light. Now, I don't mean just by using your phone, which is a way to, to find things in the dark. <laughs> but our world is dark. Our nation is dark. Our communities, even our homes, there can be darkness there. And we are called to shine light into those places. And then lastly, our hearts. Our hearts can be so dark. And hopefully one of the things that happens when you come to a place like this and you enter in to worship, you enter into fellowship, you enter into just being in a place like this, you can allow the light to come in to those dark places. All right, you can go ahead and turn them off and sit down. So I mentioned that our homes can be dark places. This is totally unscripted. We are getting ready to move out of our home that we've lived in since 1995. Don't get me wrong, it's been great moments in our home. We brought babies home. We brought adopted children home. But there's been darkness there too. Things as a father that I've allowed into our home should have never been allowed in. Things as a man, things as a man, things as a husband. And so as I get ready to leave that place, we're speaking peace and love and, and darkness dispelled in that home so that the next person that comes in would experience that. And we're praying the same thing for the home we're getting ready to move into. 
on a, on a less emotional <laughs> uh, um, topic or subject about light, we, we replaced the light fixtures in the hallway in above, above, right by our bedrooms, right outside in, in the middle of all the bedrooms where the laundry is, whatever. We replaced the light fixture, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we've been living in the dark since 1995. Like, we should have done this a long time ago. We discovered all kinds of things. We discovered a babysitting kid we, we lost five years ago. You know, it's like, he's there. The kid's got facial hair now. Like, where, where, are you, where have you been? We, uh, we discovered um, that in our bathroom, we changed the light fixture. I was like, oh, my gosh, look. We, we can see. Oh, my gosh, I'm older than I thought I was. I am not nearly as good looking as I thought I was either when the light came on. But it's not those particular areas that I'm concerned about the most or whatever. I want to I talk to you more this morning about our hearts. And how we can illuminate our heart. How can we shine the light on things inside of us. Where we can experience maybe one of those oh my goodness moments and some freedom that comes when we begin to really deal with what's going on inside of it. Because here's the thing. All of us possess the capacity to do bad things. Can I get an amen? I mean, seriously, come on. You know it's true. All of us have the capacity. We have the capacity to be really, really bad. Lady Gaga was right about one thing, at least that I know for sure. Baby, you were born that way. You were just born that way. You were born under this curse by, by curse, by nature, objects of wrath, cursed with a wretched birthmark, the a capacity to just do bad things. And we know it's true when we look in the deep part of our hearts. But the good news is we were also created with the desire living deep down inside of us to do good things. Like we have the capacity to do good things. We have the ability within us, and we have shown it over and over again, hopefully you have, to do really, really good things. And doesn't it make you feel really, really good when you do those things? Hopefully so. The problem is is we have to find a way to turn that switch on inside of us, to replace that light fixture, if you will, inside of each one of us. And I would bet my life on it, and this is a churchy Sunday school answer, that Jesus is the way to do that. Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world, right? You know, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, Jesus spoke to the people again. He says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you know what Jesus was doing before he said those words? He was dealing with a really bad situation from a woman who had been doing really bad things. And if you look into the story in John chapter 8, it was a woman caught in the worst possible sin of that day. She was caught in the middle of the act of adultery, drug out in public, probably half-dressed, maybe not dressed at all, who knows, in front of everyone, and they threw her in front of everyone, and they say, this woman deserves to be stoned. What do you say, Jesus? Jesus could have easily said, that is what the law says. 
But Jesus did something very interesting. I think he turned the spotlight off of her and turned it back on them. <laughs> all right, all of you without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. Let's see it. Jesus knows the heart of man. He knows you personally. And he knew that none of them could throw that stone. And it says, one by one, they walked away, dropping their stones, knowing that he was right. And it says it started with the older men first, then down to the younger. Because there's one thing I know about being an older man. I know myself pretty well. And I can't pretend that for some, some way that I would be righteous enough to be able to throw that rock. I couldn't because I know my heart. I know I have the capacity to do bad. But I also know I have the ability to do good. And Jesus is the only one that can change that around inside of you. I love the fact that Jesus loved her and he did not condemn her. And he asked, is there anyone here left to condemn you? There was none. Do you know in one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world, right, that whoever believes in him, all right, will, have, will, will not perish, but have everlasting life. But it goes on to say that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came into the world to save the world. Right? Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news for you and me with the capacity to do wrong? The fact that Jesus didn't come to condemn us, though we deserve to be condemned? But Jesus didn't wink at this woman's sin. He didn't say, honey, it's okay. What you were doing is okay. Absolutely not. He told her to leave that life. He told her to walk out of that darkness into the light. Walk differently from this moment on. I think when Jesus comes in contact with us, when we have an encounter with Jesus, it changes everything. And my little friend Caleb was preaching a sermon to me this morning before church about Saul who became Paul. And Saul was walking in darkness and he was blind, but he got his sight back and he started serving and loving God and preaching the gospel. And you know what? This young man says that's what he wants to do when he grows up. Let's pray that that is true. Let's pray that if someday he comes back and takes my job. Where I can sit where he's sitting. Because he has a desire to do that. And God's born that desire in him, right? Because he's flipped the switch on inside of this young man. But listen, back to the story. So Jesus didn't wink at her sin. He told her to leave. His light shined on her brokenness. But it also then began to shine the way that she should live from that moment on. So yeah, it exposes and that hurts. But then it's like, all right, now here's the way that you should go. Walk in it. Go now and sin no more. So first things first. In order to be the light, you must have the light living in you. All right? Hear me. I will not assume that everyone who, who's walked in here this morning has the light of Christ living in you. I won't do it because I know it's not true. But I know that you need it. I know that you will stay in darkness until you get it. So it's going to be as simple as ABC. Acknowledge with your mouth that you are a sinner. Just say, Lord, I am 
a sinner and I have had the capacity to do bad and I've done it, plenty of it. All of us can say because the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We've been bad, our heart's dark. But we can believe that Jesus paid the price for our sin. There wasn't anything we've done too bad that he couldn't go there, that he didn't go there because he already has. He finished the work on the cross, the Bible says. Jesus paid the price for our sin. He died and he rose again and he conquered the only thing that we should fear on this planet anyway, and that's death. Jesus conquered it. Because in John chapter 3, verse 16, right, it says, for those who love and believe, you'll not perish, you'll have everlasting life. He's promised that that is the way to conquer death. And then the last thing is, see, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He is the only one worthy to be the ruler of your life. No one else gets that right. No one else has the authority or the power to rule your life. So why are you letting anything else but him do that this morning? Can I get an amen? Come on. I have a headache. I had a balloon pop in my ear on the way here. That did not feel good. All right, so I'm going to give you my all. I want you to give me your all. The Bible says that by putting your faith in Jesus, you literally cross over from death, which is darkness, into life, which is light. That's what happens when you put your hope in Jesus. Death to life. Secondly, if you were to say, yes, I want to acknowledge, I want to believe, I want to confess, I want to receive that light, I want to be out of the darkness, I want to walk with Jesus the best that I know how, and I want to start even now, I just cry out to the Lord, even now. Once you have that, you can start to share it with others. You have a light, you have this, this life inside of you, you can begin to share it with others. Jesus gave us authority and power to be about this task of testifying to others about this good news of his grace. Right? This good news of his grace. There's a young man in this room right now. I won't tell you who he is, but I met him through a kind of a difficult situation and I helped him. I loved him the best that I could, could do for him. But the best thing that I could do for that young man is to talk to him about Jesus because that will last forever. My help for him on this planet will, will go away someday because it's not going to last forever. I'm not going to last forever. But Jesus in him will last forever. Okay? And so we need to share that. So Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20 says, Jesus says, I give you authority. You need to remind people what I've taught. You need to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, which we're going to do after church today. And he says, you need to go into the world and teach people these things. That's what you're supposed to do. That is the command to all people who have the light. It's to go share that light with other people. Be light bearers. Wherever it is that you go. We can shine the light by telling others about the resurrection of Jesus, okay? I don't have a ton of time, but just turn to the book of Acts, all right? The book of Acts is um, in the New Testament of the Bible. It's right after the Gospel of John. It's the story of the church. It's a beautiful picture of how we're supposed to live. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I'm going to give you power, Jesus says, to be my witnesses, which is what it means to be a light bearer, to be a witness in all the earth, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And so he basically says, there is no place where the light shouldn't shine. You have the responsibility to take it there. Will you do it? And his followers did. And you've heard me say it before, and we're benefactors of that because it came all the way to Platte County, Platte City, Missouri, into your ears right now here this morning because of what happened back then. We can testify. 
That's what he calls us to do. We can be witnesses. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 through 41, when, when Peter was preaching the gospel, it says that their ears were pierced, or they were pierced to the heart. This is verse 37, I'm sorry. When they heard what Peter said, they were pierced to the heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Now that we've heard this message, what should I do with it? And this is what Peter said. He says, repent, turn, go the other direction, go a different way. Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of, the G- of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Which, by the way, once the Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, that's how we shine the light. Until it comes, we don't have it. We're in darkness. But once the Holy Spirit comes, we have this light living in us. And it comes through our confession of Jesus as our Savior and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's for the promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. You know what? That message is still the same today as it was back then. Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. Now, wouldn't it be cool if we baptized 3,000 people today? Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'd run out of water. But we can always make more. So you need to share the resurrection, share the truth of the resurrection with others. We can shine the light by the way we love one another within this body of Christ. Show the picture of the group of us from our, uh, we were at a conference on uh, Thursday and Friday, not that beautiful picture, that beautiful picture right there. And so we can shine the light by the way that we love one another. When we love each other rightly, it reflects, just like all those lights coming on in this auditorium, the darkness flees when we start loving one another. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves and has been born of God and knows God. And we are commanded to love each other Well, I don't care if this church is famous for anything else in this community other than the fact that we love each other well. Can I get an amen? All right, that we love each other well. And we saw a beautiful picture of loving each other well yesterday, and I should have got some of those pictures and put it up there. But there was a group of men and women who went to a home of a person in our church and just loved her in practical ways by doing hard work in her backyard, cleaning up her yard and, and getting it ready for some other major stuff that has to happen. And they just gave their time and their ability to make that happen. That is practical love. We spent time together at this conference and we learned more about each other than we didn't know before and we learned to love each other and we ate some really good food during lunch too, which is, always seems to be the thing. We're always eating together. It's in the book. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, 47. They're talking about eating together. It's, it's biblical. All right. Listen to this passage of Scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 11, in the, in the Amplified Bible, I don't know if you've ever read the Amplified Bible, but there are, there are really cool apps online. You've got the version Bible app, and you can look up Amplified Bible. And listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 11. Okay, so now remember this, it says. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
And he who sows generously that blessings may come to others will also reap generously and be blessed. It says, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. God delights when our heart is in it, when we want to love each other well. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about when we live generously with loving one another and displaying that love. Sometimes saying no to our own agenda and saying yes to somebody else's, to put our own things aside for a while to make sure that somebody else in our body's needs are met. Living generously, when you live generous, when you sow generously, you, you reap a harvest that comes back to you. And once again, it's, it is with money, it is with money, but it's also with your talents and your time. And so we can shine our light to one another and love each other well so the rest of the world will see it. And we can also then shine our light to other people that are outside of our community and outside of our context. Show this picture, this first picture that you showed. So you know this YouVersion Bible app you can download on your phone? They have a YouVersion Bible Lens app. Okay, I encourage you to check it out. So what it does is you take this, you take a picture or, or just get a picture or whatever, and it will assign a scripture to that picture. It's pretty cool. And so I was messing around with it because we heard about it at the conference. And I was messing around with it on the way home in the back of my friend's vehicle. And I took a picture of myself, and this is the scripture that came up. And I thought, this is pretty cool that this goes along with the sermon this morning. <laughs> It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and not just pat you on the back and say, way to go, Brady, but they will see your good deeds and they will glorify your Father in heaven. That is the byproduct of living generously, loving others, shining our light so that other people will see Christ in you and in what it is that you're doing. So listen, this is not a sermon about giving money or serving more in the church, community, or the world. But it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. Because all those ways shines light on our priorities. It points to the things that really matter the most in our life. It points to God and then it shines the way for other people to find Christ because we are his light in this world. There is no plan B, ladies and gentlemen. It's us. So here's what I want to do. Go ahead and blacken out the projector too. Never done this before. If it doesn't work, we'll never do it again. <laughs> If you are here this morning and you can honestly say, I need Jesus. I need his light. I've been in darkness and I need his light this morning. 
turn on your phone, turn on that light, and stand up. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you see these lights shining? And would you see in the the deepest parts of their heart, would you receive their prayers of repentance, their desire to walk out of darkness into the light? Would you allow them to see that there is no one here that condemns them for their sin. But instead, there is a Jesus who loves them, who looks at them like he looked at this woman in the story in John chapter 8. He loves them. He does encourage them to go now, to turn, to walk away from sin in their life. And it's not going to be a quick turn. It's going to be a gradual turn for some. Maybe it's quick for some. But, but, but know that Christ is living in you. I want you to to right now, right where you're at, just say, and I I know this is just being bold, but I just want you to say, God, I'm a sinner. Say it out loud. And I need your forgiveness. I need you to walk with me from this moment on. Would you show me the way? Would you be the light inside of me so I can be a light for others. Now lastly, if you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I have Jesus, but I have not been shining his light the way that I know I'm supposed to be shining his light. Turn on your flashlight. Turn on your phone and stand up. All around the room. The forces of darkness cannot stand up against this kind of light in our world, in our nation, in our communities, in our homes, and in our hearts. Go from this place and let your light shine so brightly before men that they will glorify the Father in heaven. That it will reflect off of you and go to the one who deserves it anyway. And that is the one who loves you with an everlasting love. May you experience his compassionate love today. May you discover what it is he's called you to do. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the lights back on. And I want to encourage you to have conversations with people around you at home and whatever about what you stood up for today. Don't just let it go. Talk about it. It's too important not to talk about it. Um, so I want you to do this. If you have kids, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll stay around for this because it's just a celebration time of those who have decided to follow Jesus. All right, so you're going to go get your kids. Now the auditorium, you're going to go out and to your left, there's a side door, a little corner door that goes right out onto some steps. And we're going to all gather together as a family and we're going to celebrate with some baptism. So if you're getting baptized, go ahead and meet me out there. And the rest of you will see you out there in just a few minutes. Thank you so much for being here today.